honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the Paladino Live Network. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today in our Timberwolves and NBA season preview. Yes, we are back to preview the 2022-2023 NBA season and, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves. First segment will be wall-to-wall Timberwolves conversation going into the season. Second segment will be looking across the NBA and our prediction for NBA champion, or at least my prediction for it. And then fan interaction will be segment number three. But I have a major, major announcement to make, the biggest announcement that I've made probably since the introduction to this show way back in August 2008. Timberwolves Explosion is joining the Basketball Podcasting Network. It's it is an incredible honor. Can't thank Kyle enough. I do believe that quite possibly I was uh, referred to by Isha Jerome, of course, friend of Brave the Wild. That's the Minnesota Wild podcast I do, and that show might be joining the Hockey Podcast Network. It's the same group, obviously. They're in Canada. Uh, same group, but you know how it's hockey and basketball, and Purple Mafia might be joining. We'll see. I probably shouldn't even be hinting at that. We'll see how things go with, with all of that, but there is definitely a Hockey Podcast Network. That's where it all started, and then they started up, hey, let's go with the Basketball Podcasting Network, and then sometime a few weeks back, all of a sudden, the Basketball Podcasting Network had a direct message to the, my Paladino Live Twitter asking me to join on board. Uh, would you be interested, basically? And, yeah, well, here here I am. I'm joining the Basketball Podcasting Network. Nice to meet some of you out there for the first time that might be listening to this for the first time. Hello. Hope you enjoyed the show and check out some of my older episodes. I've been around an awfully, awfully long time. I'm still the same humble guy I was when I started because, well... We're podcasters. I'm not a multimillionaire. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not raking in the dough, and I don't think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't think I'm the center of the universe either. So <laughs> we're just here to have fun, talk Timberwolves basketball, and uh, well, that's what we're here to do. Quite simple. Also, there will be an ad now. Our sponsor is DraftKings. DraftKings. You're going to be hearing that sometime, probably near the end of this segment. That's probably about the time I'm going to usually do the ad for DraftKings. Going forward, nearing the end of the first segment, maybe the beginning of the second, basically around there. So, and then find out what other requirements I may have going forward. Maybe, maybe I'll be doing it twice a show. But from what I know, it's once a show. But of course, and you'll notice the show description is quite different as well. You may also be thinking, okay, Joey recorded the first segment on October eighth and all that, Saturday, October eighth. Why is the show not out until you know much later? If if that ends up happening. Uh, it's because I'm transferring the show from Hipcast to Megaphone. That is another situation by joining the new network. So Tim Rule's Explosions uh, RSS feed will be joining up with 
megaphone. So that's another change. Apologize that I'm going on and on about details, but this is a complete change here. And just letting you know why the show's release might seem different somehow. You'll also notice the logo for the podcasting network T, uh, yeah, the basketball podcasting network TBPN on the Timberwolves Explosion logo going forward. So again, thank you, Kyle, and the Basketball Podcasting Network. We'll be talking about them off and on from here on forward. So to get to the actual preview, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves roster is a beautiful thing. We acquired Rudy Gobert in the offseason, of course, giving up tons and tons of first-round picks. But the good news is, again, I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves kept a prize possession in that trade, not having to give up Jaden McDaniels and obviously not having to give up Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Edwards and still kept D'Angelo Russell despite how you might think of him and his salary and all that. He's a perfect fit for Rudy Gobert in the pick-and-roll game. So that is a huge, huge, huge uh, component going forward here, huge factor going forward when it comes to the situation with the Minnesota Timberwolves in uh, having Mr. Uh, D'Angelo Russell on the roster going forward. Of course, again, he's in a free agent year. It's a contract year. We'll see what happens. At the moment, Rudy Gobert is the highest paid player on the team and is inked for, well, including this year, four more years. Four more years of the Minnesota Timberwolves, $38 million this year, 41 next, 43.8 next, and 46.6 in his final season. Uh, going forward, 25-26. Final season on that contract, of course. Expect him to be signed somewhere, hopefully re-signed here, hopefully with a ring or two by then, but uh, we'll see. Carl Anthony Towns is about to become one of the highest paid players in the league at $54 million by 25-26, but it doesn't kick in at 50 until 24-25. We'll worry about the salary cap implications when we <laughs> when we cross that bridge. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, as we like to say. Jalen Noel, free agent going into the offseason. Obviously, again, it's just letting people know, again, that these guys are free agents going into the season. Maybe they'll get traded. Maybe they'll get re-signed. Sounds like Jalen Noel and the Wolves are miles apart making just under $2 mil a year. Same with Nas Reed, the exact same deal and situation. C.J. Ellaby, 1.8. Nathan Knight, 1.8. And just about $2 million with a team option next season. It's a player option for Rudy Gobert three years down the road. After three seasons, anyway. Three full seasons, summer of 25. A player option, opt-in to $46 million plus almost $47 million. Or, yeah, want to raise when you're in your 30s? Okay, well, we'll see how things go there. Stranger things have happened, I'm sure. Josh Manot's looking to be an exciting rookie player, hopefully, but also we'll probably see plenty of time in Iowa. Eric Paschal was signed since the last episode back in the summer. Of course, it's been a while. Well, actually, yeah, it's early August, but Eric Paschal had actually not signed yet, former member of the Utah Jazz and Golden State Warriors. Let's talk about him real quick because he's the newest actual addition and could be a factor for this club. Definitely an NBA player. Uh, rookie year with Golden State with D'Angelo Russell for most of the way that year. 14 points a game. 14 points a game as a rookie, by the way. Almost five rebounds. But it was a crappy team. It was a mess. Uh, but his three-point percentage goes up, up, up every year, and he actually attempts more threes. I guess his first year he attempted slightly more than last year, but dropped way off the next year. 28.7% as a rookie. 33.3, so literally made one-third of his threes in 20, uh, 2021. And 21-22... 37%. 37% from downtown. So definitely a guy that can hit his shots. Um, he can shoot from the outside. He can make baskets, uh, you know, be good, powerful, close to the basket. Almost 50%. 
So an efficient player, about five points, no, six points a game last year, nine and a half the previous year with an improved Golden State team that lost in the playoffs. Oh, darn, I'm so sorry they lost. I just, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry they lost. Gosh, I just I just feel so bad when the Warriors lose. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Eric Paschal out of Villanova, one of my favorites, of course, so I definitely heard the name because you've seen me with my navy blue hat with a big royal blue V on it. That's Villanova. I'm not from... Pennsylvania or anything, but I like that club. Uh, as we look more and more and more at other players, obviously Jordan McLaughlin and Austin Rivers are the backup point guards for D'Angelo Russell. They'll be thrown into different packages. The main, or lineups anyway, this isn't football. <laughs> the main backup is Jordan McLaughlin. He's become a wonderful, wonderful playmaker, and he's going to be in the league for a long time. Uh, he can actually shoot threes now. Couldn't shoot threes when he first started, but he can now. Gotten better and better. Uh, Austin Rivers, of course, kind of that gritty veteran in the background. Again, doesn't really replace uh, the overall craziness, grittiness of uh, that guy last year, but <laughs> the crazy guy we had last year, of course. Of course, being Patrick Beverly, a crazy guy. Obviously a tough, gritty player, phenomenal defensive uh, guy and all that, and was a leader in the locker room and all that, but apparently heard from uh, John Krasinski on the podcast that he does with Jim Suhan. Crazy stuff that I guess Patrick Beverly would fly off the handle at times in practice where they'd have to stop. They'd have to stop the practice for the day. So that's kind of stupid. So I guess apparently one and done is just fine. He's another guy with a shelf life. So I guess good riddance. I don't think Austin Rivers is going to fly off the handle like that. And he does bring that toughness as well and grittiness and all that stuff. And don't forget that Austin Rivers was the other component in the Sam Cassell trade, the infamous Sam Cassell for Margot Yarich trade. You know, the, the, the protected pick that floated around forever. <laughs> he was drafted, him being Austin Rivers, was drafted in 2012. Sam Cassell was traded in the summer of 2005. Right, wrap your head around that. So, Sam Cassell obviously not retained by the Wolves. Off to Clipperland at the time. Austin Rivers ultimately winds up with the Clippers several years later. Of course, the pick was moved around all over the place. It's confusing and all that. Now he's already 30 years old. So... Jeez, it's just, time flies, doesn't it? I can't believe 2012 is 10 years ago. That trade finally came to fruition with the uh, New Orleans Hornets drafting Watson Rivers, who became the New Orleans Pelicans, you know what I mean. Yep, they were the Hornets, and then they became the Pelicans, and then the Charlotte Bobcats, you know, came into existence around that time and became the Charlotte Hornets, you know, years later with Michael Jordan taking over. Michael Jordan taking over, so... Once he became the full owner, and now he's a multi-billionaire, is Michael Jordan. <laughs> LeBron James is the first billionaire active athlete. Yeah, it's crazy. NBA's rich, isn't it? Too rich. He was the 10th overall pick, actually, by the New Orleans Pelicans, was Austin Rivers. And again, was the final piece of that trade. Sam Cassell for Marco Yarich, and, well, Sam Cassell and the I protected first-round pick that ultimately became Austin Rivers seven years later. And wound up as, uh, gosh, seven freaking years later. Seven years. Seven years later. And then, uh, okay, Marco Yarich made a lot of money and didn't do a whole lot else. He had a very attractive uh, Brazilian wife. Other than that, well, yeah, he was great. <laughs> Austin Rivers had some moments here and there. And during his career, he did average 15 points a game in 17-18, which is actually quite impressive. 35% uh, from downtown throughout his career. And again, a gritty it's just a gritty, tough player who can play defense and 
Hellbleed, Hellbleed, and of course he's the son of Doc Rivers, Glenn Doc Rivers, yes, so again, the blood, <laughs> the bloodline and all that, the family, it's all in the family, the NBA, so there's going to be a lot of knowledge to be given out, maybe Austin Rivers will be a, uh, at least an assistant coach, if not a head coach someday, look at Darvin Ham, he's head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, a team with LeBron James and all these other glitzy players on it, some of them are also past their prime, and we'll see what happens with that team, I don't know. Um, I know Laker fans are listening, at, <laughs> at least a couple. Uh, big shout-out to Vince Germano forever and ever and ever. Really miss your podcast, you guys. The Courtside Podcast, of course. Hank McCoy, Vince Germano, and Stu Benson. Miss you guys very much. Out of Australia, all three of them. But uh, really appreciate what Austin Rivers brings. Let's keep moving. Anthony Edwards, obviously the stud of studs on this team. Puts on, He put on a ton of muscle. Already got a new profile, does uh, Anthony Edwards. And all the players will be wearing uh, the patch for number six. Of course, that guy was Bill Russell who passed away. We talked about him on the last episode. And I think most people who follow the NBA know who Bill Russell was and what he meant to the NBA. It's just the stat that jumps out at you every time you think of Bill Russell is you just you just look at his numbers. Oh, he averaged this amount of points, you know, like, what, 18 points. And, oh, they didn't even count blocks back then, which is kind of lame. He probably would have averaged, like, four blocks or something crazy like that. 22 rebounds a game. Uh, but, you know, but then he did Wait, 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 what? 22 rebounds a game through his career? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely nuts. <laughs> so, just tells you what he brings. And we'll talk about the Timberwolves version of Bill Russell very shortly. The prize acquisition in the offseason. He's definitely our Bill Russell. Anthony Edwards is the other legitimate number one overall pick on the Timberwolves that actually was taken by the Timberwolves, just like Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards, again, putting on a ton of muscle in the offseason. More focused than ever. I will not get into the off-court conversation. I think people run that into the ground enough, and I don't need to add to that. That's um, your opinion. You can, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's up to you. This is not a political show. So we'll just keep that as is. If you want to, you can. I decide not to. Uh, love what Anthony Edwards obviously brings to this team. I see him as the potential franchise player going forward for this team. And again, his overall focus and alpha-type personality is he has all the ingredients to becoming a franchise player for this team and a league MVP candidate in the not-too-distant future. I truly believe Anthony Edwards will make the All-Star team this season and may even get MVP votes if he has improved as much as some people believe. Uh, again, put on 10 pounds of muscle and on a frame that was already big and, and strong and all that. That's pretty impressive. Uh, uh, just <laughs> And just the look on his face and how serious he looks. He looks like Mike Tyson. He looks like Mike Tyson minus the you know facial tattoos and all that craziness <laughs> and, and the <laughs> crazy personality. But... Uh, you know, I have nothing against Mike Tyson whatsoever. He was an absolutely great boxer and a guy that speaks his mind as well. Um, <laughs> he's a little crazy, but he speaks his mind. Um, <laughs> just like, a, you know, Muhammad Ali spoke his mind. Um, Anthony Edwards, though, again, my favorite player on the roster, no doubt about it. My favorite player in the NBA is Anthony Edwards. There's no question. A lot of people do see him making a, what, uh, John Morant type of jump this season. I can see that. Uh, average 23, or no, 21.3 points a game last year, almost five rebounds and four assists. And obviously took away the passing lane quite often, which led to dunks and layups and all of that. Uh, so far throughout his career, he's played 72 games in both seasons. The first year, that was the entire year, as it was a slightly shortened season with the whole COVID 
deal in the late start because season didn't start until December or late November actually in that case. So they had to sla slice off a couple of games or last year Anthony Edwards did miss 10 unfortunately in a couple of uh, back and forth deals with injuries. Of course his knee plagued him during most of the second half of last season which slowed him down unfortunately but you still saw a, a phenomenal player. Sounds like really rededicated himself with uh, improved diet and, and working out and focused and all that. And it sounds like him and his knee are ready to go, him being Anthony Edwards, to have an amazing season. And can't wait to see what Anthony Edwards brings. As I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. No question about it. Of course, Austin Rivers can help at shooting guard. Bryn Forbes also brings in a player that can hit shots and isn't going to demand the ball, isn't going to expect a whole lot, but when called upon, he's going to get the job done. Uh, valuable piece to the Milwaukee Bucks winning a championship in 2021, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it truly was. Shot 40, 45% for the Milwaukee Bucks that season, did Brent Forbes, in 20 minutes a game, in 70 games. So obviously a factor, 10 points a game for those Bucks. Uh, the last two years, averaged right about nine points a game approximately, and about 41.5%. We'll put that together from downtown. His overall field goal percentage is around 43, which is good. That's fine. Um, Forbes played for the Denver Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs. So, of course, Mr. And of course, uh, wound up with the Nuggets in the end of the year. So, Mr. Tim Conley, of course, well affiliated with Brent Forbes, and that's why Mr. Forbes is a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves now. Uh, and, heck, I mean, Rudy Gobert was drafted by Tim Conley in the second round years ago and immediately traded to the Denver, uh, to the Denver Nuggets, to the Utah Jazz. And, well, it, it is what it is. But, obviously, Tim Conley saw something, and so did the uh, Utah Jazz. So, <laughs> things happen, right? Things happen. <laughs> No, nobody's perfect, but I guess they, in a lot of ways, Tim Conley's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting my prized possession back. The guy that I gave up, the one that got away, he's coming back <laughs> and with Minnesota instead of Denver. So, okay, we'll see how that goes. But Bryn Forbes, again, and to, to me, he's like the Fred Hoiberg of this club. As There's a good chance this team could have a season winning over 50 games, which would be only the second time or third time, actually, in the history of this franchise. The Wolves did win 51 once and 58 once. The 58-win season, of course, was 0-3-0-4, where the Timberwolves were the number one seed in the Western Conference. Unfortunately, only to see Sam Cassell uh, back at worse and worse and ultimately miss the Western Conference Finals, in which the Lakers, after trailing two games to one, beat us three games in a row and knocked the Timberwolves out where somebody named Kareem Rush started making threes like crazy, and it was really bleeping, frustrating, and sad. Uh, Timberwolves had no backup option because Troy Hudson had hurt himself much earlier in the season after receiving a massive contract in the summer of the year before. Well, not massive, but long and too much for what he brought. Uh, Bryn Forbes, again, wonderful to have him on the roster. Number 10, Bryn, Bryn, Bryn Forbes. Not Brian, but Bryn, yes. Most of you probably already figured that out by now. Uh, welcome, welcome edition, just like Fred Hoiberg, where you're like, huh, that guy, well, he's okay, and it's like, no, he's he's more than okay, he's more than okay, and that's the good news. Small forward, it's going to be Jaden McDaniels, is going to be the starter, and again, that prize possession, as I keep using that term, <laughs> drafted in, of course, first the, the first round in 2020, 28th pick, the same draft as Anthony Edwards, but the 28th pick, 
and could end up being a Scottie Pippen-like player for this team for years to come. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe Scottie Pippen's a little crazy. Uh, a little bit of a crazy comparison, but people even talking about that, uh, that Jade McDaniels is actually taller, if not just simply longer, than Carl Anthony Towns, who obviously is a center and he's a big guy. Carl Anthony Towns is a big guy. But Jade McDaniels' length is obviously such a factor. I remember getting all, all pissed off, bent out of shape that the Timberwolves didn't draft one of my favorite gopher players of all time at this position. But then it's like, wait, no, no, it's okay. Jaden McDaniels, there's, there's something there. He was very, very highly recruited and all that. Didn't have the greatest of uh, seasons in Washington as a freshman, but potential just oozing out of the guy. And, well, we're reaping the rewards. Thank you, Gerson Rosas, for taking Jaden McDaniels in 2020. Thank you, Gerson Rosas. <laughs> Actually, wonderful, wonderful draft pick. Started off the season slow last year, but as the year progressed, looked more and more and more and more like a guy that was going to be a major factor in a household name, not only for Timberwolves fans, but for NBA fans for many years to come. Uh, obviously, he, he can hit the three-point shot. He can get close to the basket, him being, again, Jaden McDaniels. His three-point percentage dropped by 5% last year, which is a big drop. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to improve. It looked awfully crisp at times during the uh, the preseason games. That we got to see <clears throat> Jade McDaniels oozing, oozing with potential. Averaged about 10 points a game. And, of course, his minutes are increasing during the course of time. And I do believe Jade McDaniels is the guy that is going to have <laughs> a major role with this franchise for many years to come. And starting small forward on a team that's playing very large is a lot of fun. And a guy with that type of length is going to be a lot of fun. Remember, we can come away from just shooting threes every 10 seconds. And every time somebody misses a three, you get the offensive rebound and kick it back out for another three. Like, you know, like just what everybody does in the NBA and in college. Maybe we can maybe we can inch away from that just a little bit, if that's okay. And I, I'm a big fan. But, of course, I'm not against shooting threes. I'm against shooting 45, 50 threes a game. When sometimes it's like, okay, can we do something else? It's kind of boring. It's kind of lame. Oh, he's, he's just going to shoot it again, isn't he? Yeah, great. Oh, yay, it went in. <laughs> Whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um Again, I'm not 100% against threes at all. I, I shot a lot of threes. Every time, I played bas every time I played basketball, I shot tons of threes. So it's not that out of uh, my imagination to shoot a three-point shot. But again, to go way overboard, I think, can drive you crazy. <clears throat> Jane McDaniel's future with this franchise is off the charts. Kyle Anderson can play both power forward and small forward. Uh, same with Torian Prince, depending on what kind of lineup you're looking at. So... We're going to jump to power forward again. Carl Anthony Towns is a power forward now. But we'll also play center, of course, because Rudy Gobert is not going to play 48 minutes a night. And, again, you're going to see other guys play some center as well, I'm sure, depending on who's out there, if Carl's out there or not. Obviously, the franchise player to date. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Anthony Edwards. And some people are even saying that Rudy Gobert is the best player on the team. But... <laughs> we'll have to wait and see with that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but obviously tons and tons and tons of promise and excitement going forward. Colonel Anthony Towns made the All-Star team with a bullet last year, was also third team All-NBA. So, you know, uh, obviously, <sighs> am I jumping for joy about Carl Anthony Towns making $55 million a year coming up or something like that? Uh, it's kind of scary. 54 in 25, 26, and 58 in 26, 27, and go on and so on and so forth. It's a scary amount of money. It it can be tough 
But I suppose if the salary cap is going to be on the moon, I guess you might as well play Carl Anthony Towns, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully Rudy Gobert doesn't get greedy and want 60 after that. But i got to think when Rudy Gobert is 34 years of age, I'm not sure if it's a good idea to be demanding $60 million a year or anything crazy like that. So we'll see. Um, Market-wise and rules-wise and all that and eligibility-wise and all that and the fact that the Timberwolves... Well, you know, I mean, he's been our face. Whether we like his behavior after a foul called is not <laughs> after a foul is called or not, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is what he is. He's been the face of the franchise the past, you know, several years, and luckily he's still under thirty and all that. Obviously, uh, twenty-seven years of age, and he's in his eighth season already, which is crazy, absolutely nuts. Same with D'Angelo Russell. Um, his the value does scare you, but obviously Carl Anthony Towns playing at the power forward position, which I've talked about many times in the past, getting somebody who can block shots, plug the middle, be it they're really physical or really long, in, in Rudy Gobert's case, really physical like Nikola Pekovic years ago. Carl Anthony Towns looked like an eagle out there, and I kept using that term. He soared like an eagle. He seemed longer than ever. He blocked more shots. He got more rebounds. He was able to take three-point shots more often uh, and with more ease is more like it than just more often. Uh, And he actually played a stronger game. He didn't just hang out at the three-point line like Chris Webber did sometimes in his career, which drove us crazy. And I'm praying to God that won't happen here. I don't think it will. I think Chris Finch knows what he's doing more than that, than having a guy hanging around the three-point line all the time. Um, It was obnoxious to watch a couple of years ago when it seemed like Colonel Anthony Towns was just waiting for a spot of three. Like, what's going on? Your center is just hanging around the the perimeter looking for a spot of three. So I pray to God that's not going to be what's going to happen all the time. But again, taking the open shot, if the shot is there and, and the guy can hit it, so be it. Go ahead and take five to eight to ten threes a game if that's what the defense gives you and your shot is falling. Um, But the thought of Carl Anthony Towns playing power forward and having a guy like Rudy Gobert next to him at the center position, who is a virtual praying mantis defensively, as they call it, <laughs> made me smile ear to ear. That's why when I was doing the Brave the Wild, State of the Wild 2022 back in the summer, and the trade happened as I was doing the podcast, and I just started shaking, like, oh, well, what, 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 uh, excuse me, hold, hold on, hold on, you know. <laughs> I just started getting nervous. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, partially I was freaking out that we traded away uh, the amount of draft picks we did but you put two and two together and it's like oh my god this is like my dream two, uh, somebody playing next to Carl Anthony Towns with that amount of talent so this definitely opens some, some, some windows for Carl Anthony Towns to do something really special and be an even better player maybe second team all NBA maybe first team all NBA who knows but you bring a multiple defensive player of the year next to Carl Anthony Towns and it makes things insanely exciting uh, before I get to that multiple defensive player of the year, he's actually going to be the final guy, it looks like. Well, no, he won't. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make him the final guy just for fun, I guess. Kyle Anderson, a guy who can play small forward and power forward. Very strong defensive player. Pain in the ass to deal with for the Timberwolves in the playoffs last year, so wonderful to have him on board Minnesota. Still fairly young, still under 30, which is great. Turning 29, or just turned 29, pardon me, in early September. A guy whose average averages have been up and down. 
started out kind of slowly with the Spurs, but got you know got going. A very late pick, like Jade McDaniel's thirtieth overall. Uh, but every year he got a little bit better, a little bit better. I suppose he took a tiny dip in his third year, but it was so slight. It's nothing terrible. And then his fourth year and all that, and then once he got to Memphis, Kyle Anderson's role got a little bit bigger. Certainly not a guy that stands out like, oh my God, he's a stud. But he can change shots, he can get steals, he can be a pain in the butt to deal with, and he can score on the inside as well. Physical enough that uh, Kyle Anderson can score on the inside. He's got some length, which also helps him defensively and be a valuable piece for this team for many years to come. Stays relatively healthy most of the time. Uh, isn't an 80 game a season guy most of the way. His career high is 74 games, but maybe drew some DNPs at times as well. 69 and 69 the last two years. It's kind of a goofy statistic there, I suppose. Uh, can hit a couple threes. Doesn't take a whole lot, but Two years ago, Kyle Anderson averaged four three-point attempts a game and shot 36%. Interesting. Uh, whereas most of his career was about a three and a half, and then he made about one-third of his threes. 33.4. I mean, what more is there to say there? Free throw percentage is a little bit of a concern. At least it was last year. And off and on throughout his career, I suppose. He's been up and down. Kyle Anderson all the way up to almost 79% in 16-17, dipping all the way down to 57.8%. Uh, in 1918, pardon me, um, and then back up to 78.3 in 2021. Crazy, and then last year back down to 63.8. I'm not understanding why his free throw percentages have has jumped up and down with such wide margins year in year out. It's weird. It's weird. Rookie year to uh, sophomore year, 10% increase, and then a 5% increase the next year, 7% decrease the next year. Ooh, 13, almost 14% decrease the next year. 9% increase the next year. 12% increase the next year. Holy cow. And then to 15, 14% decrease the next year. What is going on? So, I don't know. I don't get it. Just, uh, it all comes down to 71.1%. Maybe that's what it'll average this year. And we'll have to wait and see. So, strange seeing that go up and down, up and down. Wouldn't be a nice... Uh, stock to trade. <laughs> oh, he shot 58%. Buy. Buy his stock. The next year, he's up to 78. Sell. Okay, up, down to 60. Buy. Up, 75. Sell. You know, you'd make a fortune, right? That'd be fun if you could do something like that. But, well, I don't know. I'm kind of silly. I'm kind of crazy bringing that up. But solid addition, of course. Kyle Anderson is on a two-year contract worth about $16 million, $17 million approximately going forward. Torian Prince ran into a little bit of legal trouble, but it looks like things are going to be okay. It's not the end of the world uh, in the offseason. He's got two more years remaining, and there's no option of either kind. Torian Prince will be on the Wolves next year unless he's traded, but you get the idea. Anybody can get traded, I suppose. <clears throat> Averaging about uh, uh, 7.4 a year the next two years, so good for him. Austin Rivers, I'll just backtrack real quickly. Just under $3 million a year for him. And, of course, rookies, uh, rookies Wendell Moore and Josh Minot. We'll see how they factor going through the season. A lot of people are really excited about Josh Minot. think he might actually end up being a better player than Wendell Moore. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. And, of course, our main draft pick was traded in the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, good luck to him, Mr. Young Kessler there, going to the Utah Jazz.
Kyle Anderson, again, will be a factor going forward. I probably went on a little too long about him. Torian Prince was a nice player for the Wolves last year. Started out kind of slowly, but as the season progressed, Torian Prince showed more and more of his value. His three-bar percentage kept going up. And he's averaging about 37% throughout his career. So very impressive. Almost 38 last year. Free throw percentage has mostly been in the 80s, but he actually struggled last year. It was a career low at the free throw line for Torian Prince at 75.6. There have been seasons he's averaged in the mid-80s, so I'm not sure what happened there. Um, up and down, though, again, at least Torian Prince made 45% of his shots last year from the floor. That was actually really nice. So, again, Torian Prince should factor uh, to be in a rotation this year, no doubt about it. And we'll have to wait and see how things go there. But nice to have Torian Prince back, again, as long as, as, long as nothing else kind of revs up. But he doesn't seem like any type of troublemaker whatsoever. Uh, Nas Reed will be backing up Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. He'll be moving up and down all over the roster. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting situation for him going forward. In, he's, he's a disappointment when it comes to rebounding for somebody his size. I wish I could get more rebounding out of him, uh, but maybe we won't have to now with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns both on the roster. Rudy Gobert is a rebounder like Bill Russell, so that's one thing, to, a major positive to look at there. But obviously Nasri can hit some threes sometimes. He can be a factor. Every time you're ready to give up on the guy and think he's just kind of a meh player, I'm just done, just move on, just trade him and move on, he ends up uh, turning in a really nice game. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, when Carl Anthony Towns missed games, Nasri stepped up to the plate, and I will give him credit for that. Obviously one of those nice, unexpected gems that Gerson Rosas found. So, uh, again, a guy like Jalen Noel as well, who I'm a huge fan of. And for some reason, they weren't even showing him. I didn't even bring him up, and I'll get to him very shortly. Uh, Nas Reed, though. We'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. He might be traded during the course of the season, depending on how things go. But I think he's a valuable, valuable piece on the roster, one way or another. I'm not in a huge rush to trade away Nas Reed. <clears throat> you know, if somebody gets hurt, he's going to go in very nicely to help replace, you know, either player. If it's Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Townsend. I don't want to imagine them ever getting hurt. That's for damn sure. Jalen Noel, I didn't even get into. Wendell Moore, uh, you know, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, wasn't a whole lot to see from him in the summer league. Josh Minot had a great game and followed up with a not-so-great game, so obviously a lot of youth and inexperience there, but certainly a lot of energy from Jalen Noel, where Wendell Moore is more kind of a calming type of guy who really improved his three-point shot in his uh, most recent season in college, so We'll see what happens with Wendell Moore factors. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are in Iowa this season. But we'll see with we'll, uh, Wendell Moore. Jalen Noel, who's definitely not going to be in Iowa. And Chris Finch likes him about as much as I do, which is a good thing. Because <laughs> I like Jalen Noel an awful lot. I, I see something in Jalen Noel that makes me smile. Um, I see a guy like, at, like, like a Vinnie Johnson type of player. That could be a microwave off the bench. You know, Vinny Johnson was called the microwave many years ago with the Detroit Pistons when they were winning championships and being a, a threat to the Boston Celtics and the Eastern Conference in the mid-'80s and all that um, before they started winning championships in the, at the end of the 80s. But um, Jalen Noel, obviously, is still super-duper young. What is he, 23? So still got a lot, of, uh, a lot to talk about with him going forward. Uh, he can attack the basket. He also made almost 40% of his three-point shots. Uh, his field goal percentage, 47.5%. And this is a, you know, combo guard type of guy. 47.5%. 
there's something there. Um, he's one of those guys who could really jump up on you and become something special. He could be... Imagine if Chauncey Billups slipped into the second round. That's what I'm kind of thinking about. I'm imagining that kind of a situation where you know, Chauncey Billups wasn't highly touted and was a high first-round pick like he was for the Celtics years ago in the Rick Pitino era when Rick Pitino coached the Boston Celtics for a short time and was the GM and all that. He was a power coach, just like he was a power coach in college. But good for him. I like Rick Pitino for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Uh, Jalen Noel, though, I think there's... I really do think there's something there. Maybe it's the number four that reminds me of Chauncey Billups as well, as he wore that with Minnesota years ago. Uh, there's something there. There really is. Uh, again, that spark to the basket and all that. He can attack the rim, but he can also shoot. And Chris Finch kept saying I mean, he was regretting the lack of minutes that Jalen Noel had because his efficiency was outstanding, to be quite frank. Um, let's only 15 and a half minutes a game compared to 18 the year before and field goal percentage jumps up by 5% free throw, three point percentage pardon me, jumps up by 6% free throw percentage is right around 80 all the time he can pass the ball King Jalen Noel, uh, his defense is what it is, you're not going to get a great defender out of Jalen Noel but occasionally he can he can make a play defensively as, as well getting a steal and all that and he can settle their players up with his passing skills. Jalen Noel could be a huge factor for this team for many years to come. And we'll wrap things up here in terms of previewing the players going into the season. Rudy Gobert, of course. <laughs> Rudy Gobert, the praying mantis. <clears throat> Spectacular defensive player. And again, all the profile pictures on Yahoo have already updated. Rudy Gobert is basically 15 and 15-ish throughout his career. 16, 15, blah, blah, blah throughout his career. Of course, started very slowly with the Utah Jazz. Kind of crazy to imagine Rudy Gobert with Utah back in 13-14. Again, acquired from the Denver Nuggets, Tim Conley. The Tim, Tim Conley-led Denver Nuggets in 2013 in an off-season trade in July. Averaged about 2.5 points and 3.5 rebounds a game and less than a block. It's just the weirdest, darndest thing that he was that, like, you know, and, you know, he just wasn't a big factor as a rookie, but I'm sure they all knew. Like, there's something here. Just be patient. Let him develop. <clears throat> Conley must have been in more of a win-now mode, something like that. And within a year, Rudy Gobert became at least, like, you know, Vanderbilt numbers. You know, eight points, nine rebounds, and two and a half blocks. Wow, that's incredible. And then the numbers kept going up. And ultimately, a guy who can get you 14, 15 rebounds, 14, 15, 16 points and is a better defender than the stats even show. Because you look at the 2.3, 2.6, 2.7, 2.3, 2.6, 2.7, year in and year out for blocks. But he changed his shots as well, and you saw a bit of that in the preseason, where a Laker player basically hesitated, because Rudy Gobert was ready to block his shot. The player hesitated and threw up an air ball. So things like that as well, that don't show up in the stat sheet, that are incredibly valuable. Um that Rudy Gobert brings, and it is just going to be something to watch, no doubt about it. Obviously, he's got that incredible length. Looks like a guy that's like seven foot seven or something out there with his length, so he might look kind of slow and clumsy at times, but it doesn't matter. Obviously, he's, he's not slow and clumsy, especially defensively, and the offensive skills are there, and the fit with D'Angelo Russell could be a massive help as long as D'Angelo Russell stays healthy and stays focused and all that as Russell kind of goes through funks off and on 
throughout the season, but when D'Angelo Russell's at his best and when he's got teammates around him that fit what he's looking for, this could be one hell of a basketball team going forward. A team that could win 50-55 to 55 games this year. That could definitely have home court advantage in the first round at the very least. I'm predicting a fourth seed for this team in the Western Conference. Fourth seed and at least a second round appearance, which could definitely build to a third round appearance into the next season, quite possibly. It all depends on the Phoenix Suns, teams like that, the Dallas Mavericks, and even the Golden State Warriors. Apparently there's some weird stuff going on behind the scenes with Raymond Green in a practice like punching a player out, which is pretty crazy. And they're just kind of like, oh, everything's okay. And then TMZ broke it. And then the Warriors are like, really, man? Like, whoever the heck, you know, leaked this out to TMZ. Thank you very much. Because it had to be somebody inside that probably got some something from TMZ to do it. So it's interesting how everybody stabs each other in the back in this world. But what else is new? <laughs> what else is new? <clears throat> but this is a team that could win anywhere from 50 to 55 games this year. I frankly think 50 wins with this roster would be kind of disappointing. Honestly, this is the deepest team, the most complete team the Timberwolves have arguably ever had, going all the way back to Castell Sprewell and all that. Um, you think you have Garnett and all that, and he won the MVP, and he finished second a couple times. What, in 2000, Garnett finished second. In 0203, Garnett was second, basically, for MVP. And for some strange reason that none of us understand, Garnett never won any Defensive Player of the Year award. <clears throat> with the Timberwolves, but he won it with the Boston Celtics immediately when he got there. Imagine how that works. <clears throat> Going to the East Coast, suddenly, bam. Okay, Defensive Player of the Year. That was that was really hard, guys. You know, you could have done that once or twice at the Wolves. <laughs> Garnett was first team and all that cute stuff, which was awesome. But um, And I'm not a Garnett worshiper, either, if you hadn't noticed over the years of this show. And some of you listening for the first time, like, oh, it's Timberwolves show, and I'm, you know, this team is really exciting now, even though I'm from Florida, or I'm from Toronto, or Montreal, or Vancouver, or something. Um, no, I'm, I'm not a Garnett worshiper, but I do recognize what Garnett brought to this franchise, and what he was as a player, a first overall, or excuse me, a, well, a guy who probably should have went first overall in the draft in 95, and a first team All-NBA player for most of his time in Minnesota, maybe not his rookie year, year or second year, but by his fourth or fifth year, yeah, <laughs> for the most part, up to when he got traded. But the point is, as I babble forever and ever and ever, Cassell and Sprewell were never going to be here for a long time. Cassell and Sprewell were never going to be in their prime for a long period of time with that franchise, with that current team. Cassell and Sprewell had a shelf life. Cassell and Sprewell were Patrick Beverly-ish, weren't they? They were in their 30s. They were 30-somethings with attitude issues at times, especially Sprewell, who, you know, I, I don't know. He was another guy who was threatening people behind the scenes and practices and stuff. Obviously, that was with the Golden State Warriors many years ago, and then that blew up, and he never played a game again for the Warriors, and he lost an entire season due to suspension and fines and all that stuff. And honest to God, was he ever the same player after that? Was he? He had moments, but then next thing you know, after a great game, he wouldn't have a great game. Castell was the more consistent of the two, but Castell's the kind of guy who got hurt all the time. All the time. And I know D'Angelo Russell gets hurt a lot, too. So maybe I should shut up about that part. <laughs> but I'm not comparing D'Angelo Russell and Sam Castell, even though there is a clutch, clutch vibe to D'Angelo Russell that Castell also brought many years ago. But did that team have Anthony Edwards? No. 
That team did not have Anthony Edwards. So you could kind of combine a Carl and Rudy Gobert type of thing, like Garnett and another great player together, in a sense. Because Garnett wasn't an offensive player. In a lot of ways, Rudy Gobert was kind of, you know, Garnett was kind of Rudy Gobert, kind of, with, with more offense. So a little bit higher end in terms of offensive statistics, Rudy Gobert versus Garnett. But then you got Carl Anthony Towns, who has tons of points and also rebounds the basketball and also can block shots, even though he's not a phenomenal defender. So both of them could keep each other out of Fawel Trabel, as Rudy Gobert said in his opening press conference. Fawel Trabel. <laughs> but again, did that team have Anthony Edwards? It had Wally Zerbiak, right? It had Fred Hoiberg, well, Bryn Forbes. It had other kind of wily veterans, Austin, Austin Rivers, Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin. Jordan McLaughlin's a lot better than was Derek Martin that we had starting at point guard when we had no Castell and we had no Troy Hudson. Troy Hudson was just looking for a shot. Kind of a cool guy, but Troy Hudson was mostly just looking for a shot. He couldn't guard his mother. He, he couldn't guard a fly. And I'm not comparing Troy Hudson's mother with a fly. I'm just saying he couldn't guard a fly. Though maybe I couldn't either because they're pretty fast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Jane McDaniels. <clears throat> Again, how old are Jane McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, by the way? Compare that to the 0304 Minnesota Timberwolves when it came to not only the fact it was a good team, but they had to win then. They had to win immediately or it's all over. And guess what? It was all over, wasn't it? Jimmy Butler comes in. Oh boy, yep, here's my cell phone number. Everybody text me now. I'm the coolest thing in the history of the world. And I've won 19 championships. No, you haven't won anything. In fact, you were downright disappointing in Chicago in the playoffs. Did I say that? Okay, Jimmy Belder had success in the playoffs with the Miami Heat until Game 2 of the Finals. Then, then, no, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Go ahead and win it. Go ahead and win it, Los Angeles. <laughs> and Jimmy Belder constantly had to take the last shot. Constantly had to take the last shot. And just like a lot of us were ranting about last season, where, uh, you know, some of us older basketball fans or basketball observers, in some people's cases, not sure Patrick Rice, he's a huge basketball fan, but an observer, and obviously sports, con- uh, you know, sports writer and all that. <clears throat> he's like, I just knew they were going to force it to Jimmy Butler. Butler was going to force up a shot. He was going to miss, and the Heat were going to lose. It's exactly what happened here, that whole damn season. That whole effing time, pardon my French, <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to last. I knew it wasn't going to last. I mean, Butler was how much older anyway than Townsend Wiggins. Wiggins in Minnesota, there just was no getting to the guy. Whatever Golden State did, good for them. There was just no getting to Wiggins. Carl Anthony Towns was young and, you know, and Jimmy Butler was a bully to him, and it wasn't a match. Tom Thibodeau was, well, just Tom Thibodeau was a coach, not a president of basketball at all, uh, not a leader of an organization, since I'm talking to Canadians, organization. Yep, I, I like saying it that way anyway. <laughs> um, and he wasn't really the kind of coach that had a a long shelf life either. And now you have Chris Finch, who could probably coach for the next 15 years if he wanted to. Rudy Gobert is 30, with plenty of time left. Plays a position that doesn't rely on speed, necessarily. It's called center. It's <laughs> Colonel Anthony Towns. Well under 30. D'Angelo Russell, well under 30. Anthony Edwards, way, way, way under 30, just into his 20s. Jaden McDaniel, same thing. Staying power. 
So it's not like this team has to win immediately, but the capability of them winning immediately, well, is very much there. They can be very competitive, but they can hang around as well. And the other take that has been brought up by multiple people in the past, including the Phil Mackeys and such, when Rudy Gobert gets older, say per se, Anthony Edwards will be just entering his prime. What do you think of that? Talk about staying power. Talk about staying power. So that's where the uh, optimism for this franchise is just gushing. Gushing, like it never has. Um, Gerson Rosas did a pretty good job, but apparently was a dictator and a dickhead behind the scenes. And a little more of that also. We'll leave that alone. Uh, Tim Conley is a guy that could even improve on what uh, Mr. Gerson Rosas did in acquiring the guy that he traded away nine years ago to the Utah Jazz. So, <laughs> right after the draft there. Um, and he can be a better leader of a franchise as well, him being Tim Conley. Chris Finch clearly is as good a coach as this franchise has ever had. All respect to Flip Saunders for what he did, but I think Chris Finch might be a better overall coach. Maybe Flip should have been, instead of freaking coaching again, by the way, should have just been president of basketball. Flip Saunders had all the potential in the world to be a phenomenal president of basketball, and it's too bad he didn't get to be that much earlier instead of Kevin McHale. Maybe McHale could have been the coach. I always say that if you flip-flopped McHale and uh, Flip Saunders, it probably would have been a better situation. Probably. Uh, the sounds you're hearing are because I have the window open. It's very hot in this apartment. They turned the heat up to the moon, and there's nothing I can do. And it's just gorgeous outside. It's gorgeous. I'm also, <laughs> So it's gorgeous. I mean, uh, how could I not have the windows open? And I'm going to go outside the minute I'm done recording this segment. So I'm just about to do that. Um, but the optimism with this franchise is off the charts. And there's a reason why this first segment is so long. And I went over every freaking player because there's a there's a point here. I, again, Jalen Noel, if, if he stays. What a nice piece. What a nice piece for this franchise. Um, maybe Wendell Moore Jr. We'll see. Might be wonderful. Eric Peschel, you know, okay, I already talked about him too. But yeah, still might be a factor. Josh Manot. Who knows? Very exciting. He's extremely young and has plenty of potential. So, let's enjoy. Enjoy the season. Let's uh, Nathan Knight, somebody I didn't bring up, I apologize. Another large body that can be a factor for this franchise for for a time, maybe for a long time. Who knows? But can at least fill in when needed. And obviously did a good job last year in the little time he got to play with the Wolves. About three points and two and a half rebounds a game. But there's more to uh, there's there's more to Nathan Knight than just you know throwing him out there for the hell of it. He can actually play a little bit at the center position, kind of more of the stereotypical center, but does a pretty good job in my opinion. And he actually made a couple threes last year, if you can believe it. But I guess these days everybody does. With that said, the optimism is off the charts, off the charts. And now, as we head into football season, hockey season, basketball season, major league playoffs. Let's talk about DraftKings, huh? Let's talk about DraftKings, as they are now affiliated with the Timberwolves Explosion Show and, of course, again, the Basketball Podcast Network. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can just, <laughs> can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get 200 dollars in free bets if they do. That's pretty crazy, huh? Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up game parlays. 
to make things even sweeter, you could throw down on stepped uh, stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility uh, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So again, you will see that in the show notes. Again, there's about all that all that information there. Do check it out. It'll always be there for you. And of course, these ads will evolve during the course of the season. So nothing, not a huge surprise, of course, as it's different parts of the year, different promos, this and that. But again, that will be the promo code going forward. So definitely enjoy and download that, <laughs> that DraftKings app. No doubt about it. With that, we'll take a quick break, and you're going to hear my preview of the NBA and who I think is going to win the NBA championship right after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Going to look around the NBA now as we continue our preview show. Not just the Timberwolves, but the NBA as well. 2022-2023 preview through the NBA. We'll see how teams do in the Eastern and Western Conferences. Ultimately, who gets to the Conference Finals and the NBA Finals and our NBA Champion. Things may change. Things might not change with a certain suspension of Boston Celtics head coach Im Adoka, Udoka, sorry. Still having a hard time with that one. As they won the Eastern Conference last year, I still feel that they woulda, coulda, shoulda won the NBA championship after blowing the big game last year where the uh, Celtics were containing Steph Curry as well as they were. Ultimately blew that game, got the Warriors back in the series. It looked like Boston could have pulled ahead in that series and really caused some serious damage, but unfortunately allowed the Golden State Warriors to tie things up and head in a very different direction. Still drives me nuts to this day how Boston didn't capitalize in that situation. We'll see. We'll see what happens with with the uh, Celtics going forward. Can they still get back to the NBA Finals and ultimately win it? Maybe. Uh, Missoula is going to take over. Joe Missoula, only 34 years of age, will be the Boston Celtics coach at least for a year. Ultimately, Udoka, maybe he should be let go go, ultimately at the end of the day. I'm not sure what else to say about it. Even... uh, Trent Tucker locally was saying, yeah, I mean, if he violated company policies and rules and this and that, just just let him go. Just move on. What's, what's the point of suspending him and screwing around? Um, that's kind of weird. But, yeah, Joe Missoula was the top assistant. So definitely highly thought of in this article from Dim, Tim Bontemps of ESPN, who covers the NBA. Right, we're going to cite what he has to say about Missoula, 34 years of age, the youngest head coach to take over a team that reached the NBA Finals the prior season since Lawrence Frank uh, with the New Jersey Nets at the time who lost to the San Antonio Spurs. And ultimately that year, Detroit ended up winning the championship. It's just ironic that Lawrence Frank wound up with Detroit years later. Mm, he had some good moments, but he wasn't that great. Uh, this guy, Joe Mazzula, we'll see, and he's got a nice team to work with. You thought that uh, Lawrence Frank did with the New Jersey Nets as well, but ultimately it just didn't. they didn't get as far as they'd hoped 
though he did last for quite a while there. Missoula and Utah Jazz coach Will Hardley, who was Adoka's lead assistant last season before being hired in December by the Celtics president of basketball operations, former Celtics president of operations Danny Ainge to replace Quinn Snyder, are now tied for the distinction of being the youngest head coach in the NBA. So, interesting. Interesting how that was the case there. Actually, it was uh, Hardy, who was the top assistant coach. But, so, definitely interesting. A Missoula, <laughs> who coached in Division II college. He coached in Division II college, so not a whole lot to work with just yet, but, uh, well, here's the here's the big chair, at least for a year, and we'll see what happens. Maybe he's a super success. Uh, apparently, Pat Riley many years ago. Pat Riley, many, many years ago with the L.A. Lakers in the early 80s when he took over, was pretty much out of nowhere. And uh, Pat Riley. Hello? Hello? Anybody? Anybody heard, ever, ever heard of Pat Riley? Ever heard of that guy? You know, Riles? Is that his nickname? With the hair? Yeah, that, that was his nickname back in the 80s anyway. You didn't hear it much of the Knicks and beyond in the 90s um, when I became more of a full-time fan. I wish I was a full-time fan in the 80s. I was certainly around, but Super young in the early, early 80s, unfortunately, being a 79er. Uh, not that you came to listen to that, but, uh, you know, the Celtics to me, I mean, they're kind of a feature presentation as far as I'm concerned when it comes to the, you know, prediction of the NBA season because they're a team I'm looking towards as an NBA championship contender. And I'd like to believe they could overcome what they didn't last season. So that's why I'm making it a big thing talking about this. It's going to be a big, big story. It's going to be a huge story going forward. Uh, Udoka, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Miami Heat should be in the mix, but I'm not really sure where to go. There was a logjam last year. Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia all had 51 wins, and Miami somehow came out on top in the Eastern Conference with 53 wins. Only 53 wins had the number one record in the Eastern or Eastern Conference. Atlanta, after getting to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before, only to get smushed by the Milwaukee Bucks. Only won 43 games last year, and they were in that bubble thingy, mabob, whatever you call it, the play-in tournament. It's all cute and nice. Log jams there, too. A 44 wins by the Brooklyn Nets. 43 by Atlanta. 44 by Cleveland. 43 by Charlotte. Okay! And teams like New York and all them were already out back in, you know, March or something. Okay, maybe the beginning of April. But, yeah, just didn't look good for the New York Knicks. Can the Phoenix Suns have another fantastic season where they have home court advantage for all the playoffs? Will Memphis take the next step? Will the Minnesota Timberwolves take a huge step forward? I think there's a strong possibility. Uh, is Dallas for real? Eh, you know, Utah's obviously going to take a massive step backward because they're gone. No Donovan Mitchell, no Rudy Gobert. No Rudy Gobert just happens to be uh, on the Timberwolves. He's residing in France right now and playing and all that good stuff and having fun, I suppose. But pretty soon here... We're going to see Rudy Gobert as a full-time member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hopefully, your future NBA champions in the next two to five years. Please. That'd be great. San Antonio, I have no idea. The Lakers, blah, blah, blah. The Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Vinrock, Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast. Of course, we'll talk about them. We have we talk about them off and on on this show. I'm really missing you guys. Really, 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 really missing you guys getting back uh, on the air. They've been they've been in hiatus off and on, busy schedules getting in the way, and I can relate to that. Sometimes I'm able to force myself to get it done, but also that's the joys of being solo. Uh, when you want to get two or three guys together, it's not as easy. And a, a lot of people don't like to go solo. Maybe it, it's a little tough. You're all by yourself. It's like, it feels like you're naked in a sense. Like you're just naked behind the mic, like, um, uh... Yeah, so how about that? How how about them wolves? <laughs> Gopher game's on right now. Gopher football's on right now. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> that's kind of what it's like though uh, again new setup so the audio might sound different it seems decent though the last couple of shows i did with purple mafia where i first kind of tested it out and such and a segment for brave the wild season preview the the um regular season you know like the 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 actual league preview like the segment two like i'm doing here which i'm recording first actually by the way which is the same thing with hockey um for obvious reasons you want to know who's on the final roster and pray to god there's no injuries in between now and the start of the season so you like to have it super fresh information at right as the season starts that's how i like to go but um the audio's turned out good so far let me know if you have any complaints because uh i have a different setup where well i still have my classic setup but i can also just make a 45 degree turn now with an extra little table and have the mic kind of sitting naked on the table so I could look at the TV while I'm watching the games. So it's a nice, fun, comfortable thing. So may talking about that here in the second segment. I probably should mention that in the first segment as well. And if I did already, I deeply apologize. So, and I probably will because that's how I am. Let's get back to where I need to be. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. I mean, Toronto. Mm. It's just, you know, I mean, they have their moments. They're a team that I think could be dangerous. Pascal Siakam is playing an underside center position, but a great defensive player. Gary Trent really kind of came out of his skin a bit. Fred Van Vliet has gotten better uh, the last few years. It's an intriguing team, but I don't see them going super far necessarily. They should be in the mix, but I don't know. They're they're strange. They're strange. I'm glad they won a championship a few years back. Charlotte's kind of what they are. Uh, Brooklyn is weird. It's a weird organization. Philadelphia, any team with James Harden on it, I don't have a whole lot of faith. As mean as that might sound, I have almost no faith in the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, apparently, they're ranked fifth in the power rankings of the previous five seasons. That's cute and everything. I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia, you know, you got Joel Embiid, you got Kenny stay healthy. Tobias Harris can be wonderful, but he's, there's always, it seems like there's something missing from him. Tyrese Maxey, I like what he brings. James Harden, I just, you know, obviously there's a talented guy and this and that, but I don't like him. I just don't like him. I think a lot of people don't. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, son of former Timberwolf Marlon Maxey. Pretty cool, huh? Marlon Maxey, who could dunk a little bit, but wasn't all that good, unfortunately. Poor guy. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see that team going to any NBA final. I don't see a whole lot. Obviously, you got some top-heavy talent there, but I don't see the Sixers going to the finals. I keep coming back to the Celtics and the Bucks. It's it's going to be green. Brooklyn, I mean, I'd like to believe that Atlanta can step it up and get back in the mix again. I would like to believe that. I mean, the Wolves almost got Clint Capella in the offseason and wound up with uh, Rudy Gobert instead. Clint Capella's still there. you got a very, very large lineup. Clint Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Bogdanovich can be a big threat. Trey Young can score like anybody. Aaron Holiday's a nice backup. Oh, yeah, and they did add uh, DeJounte Murray, by the way, massive addition in the offseason. They had to trade a, a lot of players, but so did the Wolves. And I think Atlanta is a threat. They could be like a third or fourth seed, possibly, in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people would like to believe the New York Knicks can step up and be a big part of things as well. Whew. But, I mean, that it's, it's a nice addition by Atlanta, of course, from the Spurs there. Murray Murray's a wonderful, wonderful player. And it's two point guards playing together, which sometimes is good and sometimes it isn't. You might give up 100,000 points while you're at it. That's the problem. Uh, Jalen Brunson is on the Knicks. Obviously, valuable, valuable guy. 
Derek Rose is a threat off the bench, but you know I, I don't value him like other people do. Fournier can be a big-time threat from downtown. There's players there. Mitchell Robinson, nice, nice player. Julius Randle can be great. Obi Toppin hasn't really come around. Cam Reddish, a lot of people almost forgetting who the heck he is now. I mean, I loved Cam Reddish coming out of college and up to a slow start to his career, but God, I love that guy. We'll see. They have him They have him all the way down to third at both forward positions, third string. I don't think ultimately he's going to be benched that badly, but we'll see. Cam Reddish might be out of the rotation with the New York Knicks, despite the fact he could be a valuable guy. Washington Wizards, it's hard to say. Uh, and Brooklyn is a mess. It's weird. Say what you want about Kyrie Irving. He's a wonderful player. Um, I don't agree with the flat earth stuff, but I might agree with some of, some other stuff he says sometimes. We'll leave that as is. But uh, yeah, flat earth, I don't know who can agree with that, but I suppose some people do. Washington is one of those weird teams where there's tons and tons and tons and tons of talent, but there really is. You know, Will Barton is, you know, he's nice. Uh, Bradley Beal's obviously great. Uh, Monte Morris has his moments. Porzingis, some people like him. Some people think he just doesn't give a crap. Kyle Kuzma has moments. Hachimura, you know, two two gritty guys who can rebound and beat you up a bit. You know, Eastern Conference has some pieces in it. And Washington, I, I think Washington should at least get in the play-in round. At least I hope so. Charlotte, I hope, is there. Cleveland is a, definitely a, a dangerous, improved club. And how can you say they're not? Jared Allen. Kevin Love is still there. Evan Mobley, obviously, massive piece. Okoro, you know, you got to think he's going to take the next step in the big addition in the offseason, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. This team could be in the top four. I think they make the top six. I think Cleveland makes the top six. Donovan Mitchell. And if they don't, that's really, really crappy. Pardon my French there. Um, strange. Strange situation. Strange situation indeed. Um, why is this showing it that way? It's kind of weird. Um, Chicago, you got to believe that, you know, that they could move up a bit. I think Toronto is out and Cleveland's in, that kind of thing. Or Toronto's maybe down in more of the play-in range. And Cleveland, I think Toronto and Cleveland swap. I think Brooklyn, whatever. I, I have no idea what to say about Brooklyn. I really don't. Atlanta should be better. I got a feeling Philadelphia is going to implode in on, them, on themselves. I do. Like Philadelphia and Brooklyn, there was a time you could imagine that as a very epic Eastern Conference championship round going to seven games. It's going to be unbelievable. And remember how close they came to beating the Bucks, Or actually the uh, Toronto Raptors. How close they came to beating the Toronto Raptors is more like it. And then Atlanta the next year knocked them out in game seven, which was hilarious because Ben Simmons did what he did. He stunk. He stunk. Miami's dangerous. Who's going to be the number one team in the Eastern Conference? I want to believe it's the Boston Celtics. I I do. I'm, I mean, there's Miami. Obviously, Miami has a lot of great pieces that could be super dangerous as well. Man, it's it's so tough to say. Duncan Robinson can make his shots and such. Jimmy Butler is what he is, but can he stay healthy? Uh, Tyler Hero can get red hot. Victor Oladipo has been injured so many freaking times, I don't know what to say anymore. Kyle Lowry's you know, really old now. He's getting older. Uh, well, he's, he's at very least getting older, if not really old. Miami should drop down a bit, but I think they still hang around in the six for sure. Uh, that's my guess. New York, I don't know. Mm. Orlando, I think, is out for sure. Detroit's out. Indiana should get better, but will they? I just... Uh, Washington. <laughs> Washington, I think, maybe enter the bubble. Charlotte. 
I don't have an exact science here, and I, I didn't put a, a full prediction down about who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. But it's just, I just think these teams are going to float around. Which ones are going to float around and which ones are going to be better? Charlotte just feels like the team that's just, they, they're never, it just feels like they're never going to get better. They're never going to be, like, dangerous. The only place they the only place they'll hang out is like that that ten you know in in the ten in the nine ten range, and that's about it. And it seems like that's that's what's going on in Charlotte right now. And they want a, got a wonderful draft pick in Lamelo Ball. He got them in the better place and everything. And he did get the Rookie of the Year, which uh, annoyed Anthony Edwards and a lot of us Timberwolves fans as well. But I don't know. They they need more. Uh, Hayward is what he is, but he hasn't been the same since he got injured real bad against the, or well, with the Boston Celtics when he first got there. So it was a crying shame. The Bucks obviously won the championship very recently. They still have some of those wonderful players like Drew Holiday and such, uh, George Hill, uh, the Greek freak, of course, Bobby, Bobby Portis, and they have the honest, the, uh, the little freak or the, the younger freak. Chris Middleton so valuable. A lot of people believe if he would have stayed healthy, Bucks could have been in the uh, NBA Finals again. Brooke Lopez. I mean, all these guys are a little older, unfortunately. Serge Ibaka's on the Bucks. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Grayson Allen. Yep, yep. I mean, some some nice gritty pe- gritty pieces. This and that. For me, I think it's Boston, Milwaukee in the East Final. Now that I'm dragging this out even longer, I have a feeling um, that that's what we're looking at. That the uh, the Bucks and the Boston Celtics. We'll tip off in the whoa. I just, I just minimized something incorrectly here. The uh, the <laughs> minimized incorrectly. Yeah, it was a really odd situation. I think it's going to be an all green uh, Easter Conference Final: Boston versus the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks. I kind of I have a feeling Boston should be able to get back. They have wonderful pieces, obviously. Marcus Smart, older and wiser. I hope. I hope so. Malcolm Brogdon, sorry, Tate, uh, Jason Tatum's one of the best players in the league. Grant Williams, obviously, valuable, valuable plays. Robert Williams can block shots. He's so valuable. Al Horford is that big, big stud veteran. Jalen Brown, when when healthy, holy crap, he's good. Um, I don't see anybody beating the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. I think it's time. I think it's time the Celtics get past the finals again, get back to the finals again, and quite possibly compete for a championship. <sighs> Even with the rookie coach out of nowhere. I mean... I think there's enough veteran leadership on the team. I think some of the players are, are strong enough. It's just a damn shame how some of them just kind of fell apart when it mattered most. That's the sucky part. You need a good coach for that. But did they learn enough where maybe, just maybe, everything will be okay at the end of the day? And I wouldn't be surprised if Udoka and behind the scenes just pulling the strings a little bit and you know, putting in some pointers. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised. It'll also give Missoula all the uh, confidence in the world to, to go out and get the job done without somebody in his ear the whole time. But I, I got to think there's going to be some kind of conversation behind the scenes and such to kind of keep things going in the right direction, keep things steady, steady the ship, so to speak, in Boston that I do believe the Celtics get back to the NBA Finals despite the odd and strange situation. Maybe they will implode on themselves, but I'm going to stick with the Boston Celtics winning the Eastern Conference. Long story longer. So, Western Conference, Phoenix, I mean, are they done? Are they done? Is it time for them to drop down a little bit? I don't know what to say. Utah's out. Utah misses the playoffs completely. They're out. 
The team that's probably going to replace them is the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, probably just because. I can't imagine the Lakers are completely toast. Why would they be? Obviously, they're getting very old. LeBron James is getting very old. Uh, Thomas Bryant is a different Bryant. Okay, I know, that's cute. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy for his life, and everybody knows it. And it's annoying as hell. Russell Westbrook is, uh, you know, he's selfish. No, nobody likes the guy anymore. Patrick Beverly, will he, will he help guide the ship there in Los Angeles? He may be a big help. He might be a pain in the ass. Kendrick Nunn was a nice, valuable piece for Miami a few years back. Dennis Schroeder has his moments, of course. We know that. I think the Lakers, just for, just with LeBron alone, can get things going in a somewhat better direction. I hope for their sake. I'm not overly impressed with the Lakers anymore, obviously, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that to the Vince Germanos and many others out there <laughs> that listen and are, are Lakers fans, Stu Benson. Uh, you know, I, it's... Uh, I can't imagine their frustration with how things so quickly, you know, players aged and how quickly things dropped off. But then again, I guess I can imagine it in a sense because, I mean, we've we've seen our teams drop off pretty quickly here in Minnesota as well. Would be at the Wolves, be it, you know, when they were good, and then all of a sudden things dropped off so quickly the next year. And the Vikings, you know, all the time they get to the conference final the next year, they're not even a playoff team. It's so freaking frustrating. Uh, it could drive you absolutely nuts. The only time they got back to the playoffs again was uh, 98 to 99, and it was like a borderline miracle. It was so ridiculous. The Western Conference, I mean, it's just, I keep wanting to say Phoenix. I, I want to say, okay, it's Phoenix's turn. Phoenix and Celtics. Phoenix versus Boston. I've been wanting that series for like two years now, and it's like not happening. Phoenix keeps choking in the playoffs, or in the finals case. They got to the finals. They had it. It looked, looked like they were going to win it for sure. Then the Bucks just went, boosh. it was just an absolute eruption what Milwaukee was able to accomplish. Somehow, someway, DeAndre Ayton is still on the uh, Phoenix Suns, amazingly. So he's still there. He didn't get traded. or no, Nothing crazy happened. Chris Paul's still there. But he's like, you know, like 38 by now. 37 officially. It's incredible how long he's been there. Oh, not been with the Suns, but men in the NBA. Obviously, Chris Paul feels like an ageless wonder, but everybody ages. Gary Payton felt like an ageless wonder. Remember that? His great defense. His, just, his overall toughness, his grittiness, and he could just go out and score 23, 25 on you. Uh, Chris Paul doesn't usually do that anymore, but he still guides a team the way he does. And to his credit, he stayed healthy for the most part with the Phoenix Suns. And there's, I swear, there's always been a fountain of youth in Phoenix. It was like a perfect, perfect, perfect match for Chris Paul that he went to the Phoenix Suns. Like, remember when Shaq went to Phoenix and he felt like four or five years younger the whole time he was there? It was really cool. And then he went to Cleveland and just and just died. It was so sad. Um, is it finally going to be the year? Is Phoenix finally going to squeak past and get this stupid thing done with an inferior record, with a great record, whatever it is? Devin Booker obviously can shoot the lights out. Looks like a little cocky son of a gun all the time, but he's, he's a damn good player, obviously, and we'd, we'd all take him on our team, and I know, and blah, blah, blah. Cameron Johnson's one of those okay, you know, okay, he's he's decent at everything, but not great at anything kind of guys. He can shoot a little bit, this and that. <sighs> Nothing major about Phoenix that would tell me they're better, but at the same time, it's just, is it is it, uh, are they just going to get over the hump? I mean, it's just simply the same guys. Just get over the damn hump. DeAndre Ayton, you know, make, take that next step, DeAndre Ayton, become a better defender. 
become a bigger star overall. Take the big, you know, make the big plays, getting to the basket, and this and that. Um, Devin Booker just finally goes off and says, "Nope, I'm I'm just going to dominate now. I'm going to average 40 points a game in the playoffs." It's going to take something crazy like that for Phoenix to finally get over the hump because they have just been ultra disappointing grand scheme of things, particularly last year, losing to Dallas. I did not understand it, and it drove me nuts. And uh, a lot of you heard how frustrated I was back last spring with that one and the way they were just kind of like, well, you know, it is what it is. We lost, and it irritated the bleep out of me. All the, you know, these guys make their fortune, and then they just like, they're like, oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah, you guys have been waiting 50 years, but, uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. You saw what Dallas did. Well, BS. BS. You're better than Dallas. You're better than Dallas. You've been better than them all year, and then you lay an egg against them in the postseason. 12 freaking games better. So that drove me nuts. Memphis, obviously, massive threat. They really were good last year. It was insanely impressive what the Timberwolves were able to accomplish. Play against the Memphis Grizzlies last season in that series. Uh, Tyus Jones hitting that clutch shot drove me nuts. I was so pissed. <laughs> John Morant, obviously, you know, cocky SOB, uh, you know, after some great games, some great comebacks against the Wolves. Pretend like he's getting on the phone and all that. I don't like all that crap. But um, uh, obviously Desmond Bain, big valuable piece. It's an extremely talented team. Dylan Brooks, I could go on all day. Brandon Clark, extremely talented team that maybe they'll represent the Western Conference. Maybe they will. But there's always that stupid, stupid, stupid team that just won't go away. <laughs> I, I thought they were done winning championships. I, I mean, I always feared maybe they'd squeak out one more. Hopefully that's it. Golden State frickin' Warriors, of course. <clears throat> They're a huge threat again, obviously, with what you saw last year in the in the spring. You're hoping that this team takes a step back this year, but I'm not convinced they will. I, I'm really not. Uh, Jonathan Kamunga is the guy that the Timberwolves officially uh, had to give up <clears throat> in the D'Angelo Russell trade. The yeah, Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell trade. So that was where that came from at the end of the day. The draft pick, the infamous draft pick trade. And now we got a lot of picks to give up. Hopefully lower picks because of uh, the Rudy Gobert acquisition. But James Wiseman, I mean, he didn't factor at all so, and in this championship team last year. We'll see if James Wiseman ever really kind of comes around. Andrew Wing has matured so much. Uh, became a great defender, a good rebounder. Became a piece that he wasn't before. Wiseman didn't even play a game, of course, last year, as we know. And only 39 games as a rookie the year before. <clears throat> it's been a massive frustration, to say the least, for Warriors fans when it comes to James Wiseman. But nobody's feeling sorry for them. They won another freaking title. They got their fourth in X amount of years here. And much to my chagrin, fourth in like seven years now, seven, eight years, much to my chagrin. Until something changes, they're back in the mix. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not happy about it. You know, and you get to hear every day about how great Steph Curry is and his wonderful showmanship. And now, now we're calling it showmanship. All that, all those antics and the the histrionics—that's showmanship now, and that it's a it's a good thing, I guess. I I'm not. I'm still not a fan. Sorry, I'm not going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to change. I'm not a fan of all that showman crap. It's it's okay to be a showman, but Steph Curry's not a showman. He. He's, he's somebody that just simply rubs it in every time he makes a shot, particularly a, a big one down the stretch. He rubs it in, and he still does it in his 30s now, which is annoying. But if you like it, that's your choice. Not mine, personally. <laughs> Not mine, personally. 
Do the Clippers take the step up now that you got finally got Kawhi Leonard back? Well, absolutely. If Kawhi Leonard's to Kawhi, I'll say it slower. Kawhi Leonard stays healthy. There's no excuse for the LA Clippers to not be at least a fourth seed in the Western Conference, which could push Dallas down possibly. Could be pushing Phoenix down. Could be pushing Memphis down. God forbid, could be pushing the stinking, stinking Warriors down. I would love that. Um, but the two teams that will emerge for sure <clears throat> in this whole situation here with the... Uh, why isn't it even showing up? Like we don't even exist in this stupid thing. That's kind of weird. It's not even showing the wolves. It's got to be some kind of weird glitch. It's got to be. But um, <clears throat> the wolves and the clippers should be the two teams that move forward, particularly the most. Should particularly move forward the most here in the standings for the Western Conference. Phoenix could be a team that could drop off because of Chris Paul aging and getting hurt. Memphis, they're dangerous. I think they're going to be right about where they were 55, 56 wins. It's crazy. Golden State only won 53 games last year. They lost 29, and then they got hot when it mattered. Notice that the, at the end of the season, they won their last five games, which was an indicator of where things were to go. Somehow the Clippers won their last five games with that depleted roster, which is strange. Portland just kind of did what the Twins are doing right now. Minnesota Twins baseball, by the way, if you don't know. 11 straight losses for the Portland Trailblazers, and Houston stopped playing as well for the last seven games. It ended up being really high in the draft, as expected. The Wolves, yep, obviously the Wolves should be in the top four. I, I think the Wolves are a top four team in the Western Conference. That would push, obviously, well, Utah finished fifth last year. Now the Wolves are back in it. That's so weird how it disappeared. This <clears throat> last year they were the seventh seed officially after everything was all said and done. Um, and then went to Memphis, who were the uh, number two. Seven versus two, of course. Uh, Golden State, Dallas, blah, 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 blah. Where do you go with this? Where do you go with this one? Where do you go? Uh, Phoenix. I think Phoenix drops down a bit. I, I don't know, but maybe they'll, they'll perform when it matters. They'll still be in the top four. I should give out a top four for each conference. Boston, Milwaukee in the East. Boston, Milwaukee, and of course the NBA Finals and all that. Miami, and the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, will be the top four in the East, top four in the West. <sighs> Golden State, Memphis, ugh. Golden State, Memphis, Phoenix, Minnesota. I think something like that. That's about where I'm leaning. Or quite possibly Memphis falls out or Phoenix falls out and the Clippers replace them. The Clippers are either fifth uh, and Phoenix is fourth, something like that. Or, God forbid, the Wolves are fifth. But, I mean, it is what it is, maybe. But I don't think Dallas is a top-four team again. I do not think so. I, and if the Wolves can't get past Dallas, I'm going to be really mad, quite honestly. Uh, Phoenix should be better than them, but who knows? Memphis, Golden State should be better than Dallas. Yes, Golden State. <laughs> yeah, I have to put them in the top four. I have to. They just won the NBA title. Yeah. I'm still sick of it. I'm sick of it. I hope that's it. I hope they're done. No more. Do not tie Kobe Bryant with his five championships. No. Nope. Don't do it. Don't do it, Steph Curry. Stay away from that, that championship uh, circle from now on, please. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm going to affect that. But I do think the Wolves are a fourth seed. I'm going to stand on that in faith. The Wolves get the fourth seed. It's between Phoenix and the Clippers. One of them is... uh. <laughs> 
One of them is like third or second or something, and the other's fifth, as weird as that sounds, because I think it's going to be kind of jam-packed in there. Memphis, maybe Memphis is a... Maybe Memphis drops off, I don't know. Number one seed in the Western Conference. It's probably going to be... I don't want to... Don't even say it, Joey. Please don't say it, but it's probably the Warriors. And maybe somebody hopefully can knock them off, but if it is, I think we're all in big trouble, unfortunately, if that's the case, which would really suck. And I would mean the Wolves' no, second-round opponent would be Golden State, which is what it would have been last year anyway, which would suck. That's if we're the fourth seed. Maybe we'll be higher. Memphis. I think Memphis is going to hang around 2-3 with the Phoenix Suns or the uh, Clippers. And then, of course, the Wolves are there. Utah, Denver, all of them will be lower, in my humble opinion. I think Denver definitely makes the playoffs. They should. Obviously, they have the league MVP and all that. Um... Lakers should be at least in the mix somewhere at some point, but I don't think they compete for a championship. I do not. I, you know, I'd rather see them win than the Lake than the Warriors, but I don't think so. I think the Spurs are in. They're just done. Spurs got to be out now. It's it's time for them to go. It's time for Popovich to. I think Popovich should retire. You know, I I'm sure he loves playing or coaching. I mean, and all that being a part of things, but he's old enough. He's done enough. He's proven himself. Just retire. At the end of the season, I think, and I, I have a feeling he might, just because, like, it's, it's, I don't know, unless he really likes the idea of starting over, but that's what the Spurs are going to have to do, especially with giving up Murray and all that. No chance they're going to be in the play-in tournament. Um, the Lakers enter it for sure. So the two teams that'll for sure be out are Utah and San Antonio. Lakers will be in it. I shouldn't say for sure, and the other team maybe Sacramento, maybe. Maybe Sacramento, at least in the mix, you know, in the in the play-in tournament. It's maybe Sacramento, which might sound kind of weird, but it's not going to be poorer than it shouldn't be Oklahoma. Even though Oklahoma does have some talent, I, I'd be kind of surprised. Um, Western Conference Finals, at the end of the day, probably the frickin' Warriors versus the frickin' Clippers, maybe? <laughs> maybe the Warriors and the Clippers. I'm kind of having a tough time with it. There's so much talent. Warriors and Grizzlies. Warriors and Wolves. I mean, it might be. Maybe the Wolves do make a make it to the West Finals. But I think the Warriors will be in the West Final, unfortunately. Step out in faith. Ah, man, 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 man. Maybe we'll have a rematch of the finals and the and the Celtics win this time. That's what I'll have to go with. I think that you get one more matchup between the two and the Celtics. So it's the Warriors and the Celtics split NBA championships in the next couple of years. Warriors do get back, but the Celtics get the job done this time. They say no, and they, they slam the door on Steph Curry and the, on the Warriors, which hopefully puts them a bit lower next year. Maybe possibly guys start to age a bit. And the Warriors ultimately do not come up ahead this time around. Celtics say it's our turn. We're hungry. We've tasted it. Now we're gonna. Now we're gonna absolutely hold the trophy this time. At the end of the day, Celtics win the championship with a rookie coach. What do you think of that? Maybe a risky, crazy pick. I was gonna pick them to win. I'm gonna stand by it, even well with with Udoka or not. Boston Celtics still win 2022-2023 NBA championship. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction right after this.
And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. We'll start off with the Twitter account and keep going from there. At TWolvesEX, at TWolvesEX, as this probably shouldn't be too much longer, of course. Timberwolves Explosion, episode 340, more editions, rants and raves, was retweeted by Random Hoops, that's Reese Padretti out of Brisbane, Australia. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, thank you so much. Levi Brown, also out of New Zealand. Vince Germano, out of Melbourne. And Benzo, out of the Bronx. Thank you guys so, so, so much for the retweets. Always re- always appreciate them. Derek Felska, also out of Western Wisconsin. And great friend of Brave the Wild, also retweeting the show. And of course, like you heard in the first segment, that uh, we are now affiliated here on Timberwolves Explosion. With the Basketball Podcast Network, it is an absolute honor and privilege. And do get that DraftKings app, if you could. We'll continue upward. All lines north, zero and zero, followed me. That's good. Timberwolf Enjoyer also followed. Thank you, guys. And what was I? Oh, yeah, I was laughing about something. Not in a mean way, but just, you know, around September 22nd, I was like, the Los Angeles Lakers announced George Mikan's jersey retirement will be on October 30th. George Mikan, <laughs> who, God bless him, uh, he played in the 1950s, and I'm not making fun of the fact his jersey's being retired. I'm making fun of the fact that, um, how long did it take again? Like, how long did you want to wait? Like, did you, <laughs> did, did you want to wait 100 years after he died? I mean, what the heck? Were they worried that Wayne Gretzky would try to suit up or something? That's what I was kind of joking about, like, you know, like number 99, you know. Um, (laughs) George Mikan, if he was still living today, would be 98 years of age. He died on June 1st, 2005. Uh, He died in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was born in Joliet, Illinois. Apparently his brother played for the Chicago Bulls way, way, way back in the day. Um, If it was the Bulls at the time, I think it was. Pretty sure, yes. Um, George Mikan, obviously, hell of a career with the Minneapolis Lakers. Did not play for the Los Angeles Lakers, but, of course, the same franchise and all that. And But it's just, again, the guy died almost 20 years ago, and you didn't retire George Mikan's number. He was one of the best players of all time. In fact, he was the first star in the NBA. How uh, Back in the old, old, old days, the best player oftentimes was a, was a big man. And maybe just maybe the Timberwolves are going to set the trend heading in that direction where the Golden State Warriors really set the trend of uh, hitting threes not only sells tickets, but it wins championships. Where the Dallas Mavericks started it out with, what was it, Jimmy Jackson. And I'm, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm almost blanking on that one. But uh, obviously Michael Finley was one of the guys later on. Uh, I believe it was Jimmy Jackson and Jamal Matchburn guys hitting threes like crazy way, way back in the day. Um in the Don Nelson era. And then he brought that to the Golden State Warriors and such. Uh, Phoenix Suns shot a lot of three-pointers and all that. Um, and I mean a lot. You know, they, they're the guys that kind of were the trendsetters where it sold tickets and made entertaining basketball. But the Warriors were the team that made it where you can win championships as well and win league MVPs and all that good stuff with Steph Curry. Um, but way back in the day and for many, many years, you had George Mikan. Then you had the guy who just recently died, Bill Russell, right after that. That dynasty was dethroned by the Celtics. That Lakers dynasty was dethroned by the Celtics, George Mikan. Then you also had Will Chamberlain. Then you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Then you had, you know, a group of guys like Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, 
And you could go on and on and on. Hakeem Olajuwon, of course. He was the number one pick in the 1984 draft where Michael Jordan was picked. Yeah. And the Portland Trailblazers figured we already have Clyde Drexler, so let's take a big man, you know, and that Sam Bowie guy. Well, that that hurts. <laughs> um, but no, uh, that's the whole thing, though. George Mikan was the trendsetter and the beginning of the NBA, having a star player, a face of the NBA. George Mikan faces the New York Knicks. You know, George Mikan versus the New York Knicks. That's what it said in Minneapolis way back in the day. Uh, apparently, he even coached the Minneapolis Lakers, just like Wayne Gretzky coached the Phoenix Coyotes for a little while, maybe a little longer. It's kind of funny. Uh, 57 to 58. George uh, Mikan's career started in Minnesota in 1947. Uh, apparently, he must have stopped playing in 1955 and then returned in 56. Uh, so, very, very interesting how that kind of all turned out. Uh, started off with the Chicago American Gears. The Chicago American Gears. So, kind of like a certain guy would say, can you imagine Made in America? A certain politician. I won't even go there. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of funny how all that turned out. Obviously, again, best player in the league the whole time and won multiple championships. Five, in fact, with the Minneapolis Lakers. The first dynasty in the NBA was the Minneapolis Lakers. Um, and we actually had the best team in the NBA. Minneapolis, Minnesota had the best team in the NBA. That was George Mikan uh, leading the way there with the Minneapolis Lakers. And, of course, again, the fact that it took this L.A. Lakers franchise, yes, they had Shaq. Yes, they had Wilt. Yes, they had Kareem. They had Wilt in the later stages of his career. Uh, yep, yeah, it started with Wilt, then Kareem. Those guys hated each other, apparently. And then Shaq, and then Kareem was kind of not friendly to Shaq at all. Uh, he just wasn't. And then, you know, you had Bynum for a little bit for the Lakers. Not that great, but good enough. Paul Gasol was decent, but I guess he was kind of a power forward center. Um, all these great centers that played for the Lakers for so long. And again, no retirement for George Mikan as long as it was. It just drove me nuts. So, sorry, that was actually really long. Maybe I babbled way too long, but George Mikan means a lot to the NBA. And I want to pay my respects to him. I, I really do. Uh, especially when you consider what he was to Minneapolis, even though it was way before my time, way before I was born and all that, but I want to pay my respects and uh, it kind of got me going too as well. I just couldn't believe it. I, I was just like, again, were they afraid Wayne Gretzky was going to try to play? You know, I mean, I was saying, I can't believe they waited over a decade after the guy died. He sh this jersey should have been retired in the 1970s. That That's my belief, at least the 70s, maybe even the 60s. 1968 or something, you know, it could have been the late 60s, you know, waiting things out a little bit. And then, no, they just didn't do it. It's so weird. Hmm, looks like uh, Tanae has been venturing into crypto. I don't suppose you joined the crypto.com, did you, Tanae? But apparently not. That hurt my feelings. Well, it must have already had an account started, but yeah, crypto.com, I always recommend that. Uh, John Maxson, thank you for joining Benzo, yep, I was talking about ready for NBA season. Timberwolves Explosion 2022-23 season preview is set to be released this Saturday. Have any questions or thoughts on your mind that you'd like to get off your chest? Respond here. Hashtag TEMN. I might try to get that going, maybe, to kind of organize things. Hashtag TEMN. I've been doing the Brave the Wild one forever. BTWMN. Um, but I'm guessing this show is not going to be released on Saturday because of uh, my affiliation now joining up. I got the ad now, but it's a matter of me uh, coordinating everything to megaphone. So if this isn't out on Saturday, obviously you'll know 
at the time you're listening to this, that's 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 the reason for the delay. If say it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Sunday, whenever it is. So um, for now, Purple Mafia is going to remain on Hipcast. Uh, Brave the Wild just might move to um, the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll see. Just throwing that out there for those of you that might be multiple listeners. Tanae retweeted that. The Basketball Podcast Network followed. Yep, thank you guys so very much. And Across the Cavs, who is a part of the uh, HoopsPod.net, at HoopsPod.net also followed uh, Timberwolves Explosion, or T-Wolves EX. So not a whole lot of fan interaction, but again, it got me going to the George Mike in conversation. So let's get to the Facebook page quick. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, and we'll wrap things up here. And uh, move on to the regular season conversation next. What was I complaining about? I said lame. Fox Sports, one thing to add. And let's see what happens. I forgot what was going on. Um, okay, yeah, I was annoyed that the Wolves were not included in the Christmas games. Lakers versus Mavs, Grizzlies versus Warriors, headline their teams, whatever. So, yes, the freaking Warriors again will host the Grizzlies. That's actually a pretty good matchup. Might be the West Finals. We'll see. Bucks and Celtics might be the East Finals. We'll see. Uh, LeBron James and the Lakers, very predictable. They're going to face Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Woohoo, we're happy for them. Uh, Denver and the Nuggets will play host of the Suns. Okay. Philadelphia will play host of the New York frickin' Knicks. But it's in Madison Square Garden, so that's fine. Wolves left out. Wolves left out. Uh, I do like those 1960s Lakers jerseys. They're awesome. Where it was kind of like a yeah, it was blue colored with a sky blue trim on the numbers and all that to have that three D effect and the little stars on the edges, awesome. I like that uh, Elgin Baylor era Laker jersey that LeBron James is wearing in the image there. I'm glad I got to see what I, what I was whining about there. So yes, I had some cheese with the wine. It was really tasty. I like cheese. I like cheese with my wine. So just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, next, yep, we got to 400 followers on the Timberwolves Explosion page after like 19 years, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that it happened. It's it's just the darndest thing. It's just that the people that do talk are very active, and most of the time, maybe not so much all, all the time, um, but those of you, thank you so much. It's like people get bored with joining Facebook pages, and they're actually more likely to follow Twitter, I've noticed, but sometimes the interaction is actually more, more active for the people that are there, especially on the Purple Mafia Facebook page. Uh-huh. So, yep, Tayshon Prince was arrested in Miami airport. So it's possession there. Um, and I was saying, oh, it's amazing the way people just screw their lives up. It's sad. Luckily, Torian, did I call him Tayshon? Torian Prince is still with the Wolves and everything is okay. So I hope so. Um, Garnett says, Kevin Garnett says, everybody I played, everybody I played after that, Felt personal. Garnett on players around the league reacting to a six-year, $125 million. Yep, so he was reacting. Yep. He took it personal when people were giving him a hard time about his contract. They're blaming him about uh, for that uh, lockout that ate up a big chunk of games, but gave us a lot of uh, triple headers, or not triple headers, but back-to-back-to-back. That was fun. A lot of Wolves basketball, but it was in a very short span and all that. And unfortunately, in those type of situations, guys get injured a lot. But, of course, people didn't miss two or three years whenever they had an ACL. Not that ACLs are easy to recover from, but two or three years seems a little bit excessive. Uh, Tim Rolls signed 
P.J. Dozier. I didn't really talk about him a whole lot, so not really sure where to go with uh, P.J. Dozier and how valuable he will be with the Wolves. If anything, he's going to be like a 12th to 15th kind of guy, so I don't imagine his role is going to be real huge, but maybe I'm just an ignorant dummy when it comes to that. Um, I'm sure he's going to be a factor. I don't think he's going to Iowa. Uh, he did have an ACL like a year and a half ago. So again, he, he was going to come back and play for the Timberwolves again, which is nice. But yeah, he did have an ACL, unfortunately, um, a while ago. So we're going to see how his recovery is coming from back from that. So mm, we'll see. We'll see. Um, unclear that whether Dozier is dealing with an injury or was being held up for rest purposes and all that. Uh, won't be available versus the Lakers or the Sunday versus the Clippers. Yep, so that's coming up right now. Maybe that game has already happened by the time the show is finally released, depending on how long I screw around with Megaphone uh, joining the new affiliate. But P.J. Dozier, obviously very young guy, averaged about 5.5 points and 3.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists during last season, and of course again had the injury late in the year. 6'6", six 205, six, that kind of mostly shooting guard, yeah, he's shooting guard type of guy uh, throughout his career, of course. Played with the Celtics recently. And ultimately Denver, of course. So didn't actually go to the NBA Finals or anything. It was Denver. So again, another Denver Nuggets connection for our friend uh, Conley. So yep, Dozier got hurt early in the season last year is basically what happened very early in the season. Three-run percentage, about 32 field goal percentage, under 41. So, well, we'll see. Obviously can provide a little bit of grit and defense at times, but we'll see. He's, you know, he's just—he's not going to play a major role with Minnesota, I'm sure. But he's had some some moments in the past, and we'll wait and see how that turns out. At the end of the day, uh, yep, I talked about George Mikan. Under um, amazingly, no response, but I guess that's okay because uh, I did my little mini rant. Again, with that said, very excited about the season. No reason to not be excited. This team might be the closest thing to a legitimate contender in Minnesota for the next five to ten years. Just possibly. Minnesota Wild are very are very nicely managed as well. I just released a preview last weekend. So do check that out if you have the time. And if you like hockey and all that, uh, Minnesota Wild have a great chance. Of course, they have to maneuver around salary cap issues still, but they've done a damn good job of it so far. And when you have a uh, prospect pool that's as strong as they have, they have a chance because you don't have to commit a ton of money on the salary cap to rookie contracts. Just like in the NBA. Uh, luckily, they're, you're not signing guys for you know huge contracts, even though they're more expensive than they used to be. Rookies are making $10 million a year now in some cases, where in the past they weren't. It's just kind of funny, like what, Anthony Edwards is already making something around like $10 million. Yeah, $13 million next year. Can you believe that? And that's an option type of thing. Ten and a half this one this year and all that. And you got co options and qualifying offers and all that. But pretty soon we're going to hear that Anthony Edwards inked a $200 million, $250 million or something deal. We'll see. But he's going to get a lot of money, I'm sure. And he's, uh, well, he worked his ass off in the offseason and really looking forward to see what Anthony Edwards brings to the table. I think he might get MVP votes this season. Let's put it this way. If I was fortunate enough to go on, say, uh, Mackie and Judd, and they have their little prediction Wednesday, I believe it is. Prediction Wednesday. 
if I'm correct, it's either Wednesday or Thursday. It's the middle of the week, and I listen all the time, of course, the Viking show and the and the main one there. Um, if I was lucky enough and you got to have your little bold predictions and all that, I would say Anthony Edwards will get MVP, MPV vote, MP, most valuable player MVP votes this upcoming season. Uh, that's my belief. So with that said, hoping all of you, yeah, just keep that thought in your head as we wrap this up. Have a wonderful uh, couple weeks here. We'll see what happens when I'm actually able to record the next episode as the schedule is going to get real tight in November. But luckily we're not there yet. I might have a good regular season show released. And of course, rainy days and Mondays, rainy days and Sundays or whatever. It could be time to keep catch up with this show. Maybe not Sundays now with Purple Mafia in the way, but you know there'll be random releases until we get to Black Friday or so. That's when I can start going back to Friday, 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 which I like to do just to keep things organized. Uh, do call into the show if you could. Would really appreciate that. We're still going to do that. Uh, I didn't hear Kyle say I can't do that. So, <laughs> and why would he do that? That would actually, yeah, why would they want to do that? That'd be dumb. So, um, do still call into the show. Open up your little smart device, your free uh, voice recording app. Rant and rave about the team all you want. Keep it to, you know, five minutes. Maybe you could go over, depending on how much you have to say. I don't have a huge problem with that. Most people probably keep it lower just because they don't they don't want to make it long. It's just your choice. Uh, and also, again, I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar.com, which I like to give a free plug because they really help the show whenever somebody does call in. This show and Purple Mafia especially because that seems to have the most uh, audio submissions. Please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. You know, it just helps. You know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, Spotify if you could. Really, really hope uh, you'd be willing to do that. And those of you that have, thank you again so very much. With that said, we'll be back to talk about regular season basketball next time you hear from me. Until then, take care.